welcome to the Author Wheel Podcast, where we believe there's no single right way to produce, publish, or promote your work. Only what's right for you. In every episode, we'll talk about common writing roadblocks and how to overcome them so you can keep your stories rolling. everybody and welcome back to the author wheel podcast uh today we have another duo recording so it's just me and greta today um and we're gonna talk about a subject that's near and dear to our hearts especially because it's kind of how we got started teaching and that's how do you choose your path to publication so initially, Greta and I had very different publishing goals, and that's kind of where we began because we were so different. We actually could talk about things and debate things and and have different points of view on that. So Greta, why don't you start? Um, what did you originally have in mind when it came to your publishing career? So what I wanted was an agent in a traditional publishing deal. I mean, that was, that to me was the dream. And um, I think part of the reason that I wanted that was because I had been, I'd worked at a number of magazines over the years and magazines are traditional publications. And my dad was an editor. He was a a magazine editor, editor, a publisher, and he also did some book editing. So I kind of was raised up in that whole traditional publishing world. And at the time, I kind of believed that was the legitimate path to publication, which Mm -hmm. I definitely changed my viewpoint um, on that a lot, uh, since I've been publishing, but at the time, that's how I looked at it. So, um, that was really, I'd say primarily that was what was motivating me to go into the whole pitching and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but what about you? Because you, yours was your goals and motivations were a little more unique because I think mine are a little more common with new writers. Yeah, maybe. Um, So when I first started writing, I actually, at the time, again, because it was early days of, you know, ebooks and Kindle publishing and that kind of a thing, I didn't really, when I first, first, first started thinking about um, publishing a book, and this was actually the terrible book before (laughs) (laughs) the last descendant, uh, the one that never has been and never will be published. Uh, But When I was working on that one and thinking about publishing that book, I actually did start researching how to pitch an agent, how to get a publisher, how to, you know, um, that whole process. And so like I had books on it. I was, I'd been doing all the reading and all that stuff. Um, but what really changed my mind, I guess, or the reason why I never actually started that process, I did the research, but I never pitched anybody. I never did any of that. was two things. Number one, um, I have an undergraduate business degree. So, and I had been working for one of the major accounting firms for years. So I kind of felt like I already had a little bit of a background of what it takes to be in business. I knew how to work spreadsheets. I knew how to run budgets. I knew a lot of those basics. Um, And I'd always had an entrepreneurial drive. I'd always had a dream of running my own business. Even before I was writing, before I had any concept that I could do that, 
and publish my own books as a business, I knew I wanted to do something. I just didn't know what that business would end up being. So that was part one. And then part two was that I was following Lindsay Broker, um, who's a self-published fantasy author. And I loved her writing. I thought she was a fantastic author. And then I found out she was indie. And then I found out she had a podcast and a blog. And I started reading more and more about what this whole ebook self-publishing thing really was or what it could be. Um, and not just, you know, the, the pulp fiction, I guess, where people were writing a story, not editing it, not putting up a decent cover, just throwing it up on Kindle. And it was 99 cents and, you know, thousands and thousands of people downloaded it and people were making millions of dollars because it was the only thing available. Right. But that never appealed because it, there was quality wasn't there. I needed the quality. What Lindsay was doing was high quality writing, high quality stories packaged professionally. And she was making money doing it and running her own business. And that was really, really attractive to me. So once uh, Senora the Last Descendant was ready, I knew that was the way that I wanted to go. I, I didn't even, I had no concept of actually pursuing an agent or a, or a traditional publisher at that point. So it's, so it's interesting because, um, you know, we do have the, the book in the course about this topic and, you know, we start the book out talking about goal setting and understanding, well, we call it understanding your author personality, which is just kind of our cute little way of saying, you know, what do you want and where are you, where are you in this, on this author spectrum, you know, because there are people who have, um, very little literary background, but they may have fantastic, uh, business acumen and, uh, and, and a message that would really appeal in a business community. And they may very well be able to go out and get an agent, uh, for a nonfiction book, whereas somebody else is, wouldn't, you know, so mm -hmm. there, there's a lot of, of analyzing, not just what you want, but who you are and what you have to offer. Yeah. And I think that's a, that goes back to our tagline, too. It's, you know, there's no single right way to produce, publish or promote your work. There's only what's right for you because every journey is different um, and every skill set is every goal set that a person has is going to be a little bit different than other people's. There's no prescriptive one way is the only way, right way to do things. Um but it does. Right. It, it, it starts with that goal setting and it starts with understanding what it is that you actually want out of this career. Why are you doing this in the first place? Because it's not easy. And so there has to be a driving motivation behind it. And once you figure out what that really is and that core value that's in you as a person, then you can go out and find the, the path that's going to be the most satisfying for you as a writer and as a career person. Right. So, and I'd also say that, that there is your goals, but then you, there's also, the, you have to get a broader understanding of the industry. Oh yeah, for sure. Because yeah. you, your goal may be like mine was to get an agent and a big publisher, but, um, that may have to be adjusted. Like mm -hmm. my goal in that had to be adjusted or it was going to take me a lot longer than I was willing to take 
to get mm-hmm. published probably. And we can talk more about that later. So it's your, it's understanding. Yes. Like what you said, what you want out of this, but then also what's possible. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And and that goes into your genre, which again, genre is tied into everything that we do. I feel like we don't realize it, but it is. Um, Good point. And so when you're when you're looking at what are you first of all, what genre do you want to write, right? Because you're gonna be drawn to whatever it is that you like to read, most likely. And every genre has a little different characteristic. So romance does really, really well for indie authors. Um, to the point that they're starting to put traditional publishers kind of out of business on the romance genre on the, you know, that side of things. Um, fantasy is, is very similar. And I think thrillers are, are moving in that direction as well. Um, but nonfiction, if you can get a publisher, like if you're trying to actually get into bookstores, you've got a, you've got a, you know, eat pray love style memoir that's sort of self-help or something like that right you want a big publisher because they're going to get you into barnes and noble they're going to get you into the airport bookstores um you know they're going to get you a lot more opportunities than what you would be able to do as an indie so genre matters a whole lot as well for with which path you end up choosing. You know, it's really true too that a different genres um, are more popular in in digital books mm-hmm. uh, than other genres are, you know. And a lot, that changed a lot during COVID. That was one positive from COVID is that a lot of people began reading digital books who never read digital books before and were only will, willing to read print before. But I think that is something we have to look at. So if the genre you're writing doesn't sell well digitally and it and it needs to sell well in print, you're probably better off with a traditional publisher versus if you have a book that'll sell well di- digitally, which fantasy tends to, like you said, romance does cozy mystery in, in the mystery thriller definitely is moving in that direction. But cozy mystery especially sells well digitally. Then um, indie publishing is, you know, a lot better option. Picture books for children, that's going to be a hard sell digitally, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, even ch- some young adults children's books in general and young adult i i think from what i understand and and don't quote me on this because i don't have the the article in front of me but i feel like ya you know two or three years ago pre-covid sold incredibly well in paperback but not as well on ebooks because um teenagers and tended to want a physical book they did not want to be on a device reading um or at least that that's what they were saying at the time. Um, but I think, like you said, like that's one of the things that came out of COVID is that a lot of these kids, maybe they're a few years older now, but they're still reading YA because they let love those stories or or whatnot. But now they're reading them digitally. And so that has shifted for sure. Um, but yeah, but middle grade children's books, um, those are primarily paperback, I think, still. Um, because parents and grandparents are the ones who are buying them and they want to give them as gifts. They don't want to necessarily give an ebook that has no tangible thing that somebody can open under the Christmas tree. Um, Right. Unless they give it e-reader for Christmas and they fill it up. Right. Which Which happens. 
does. And that's a that's a whole different, you know, scenario as well. But but a lot of times those books are gifts to the children. And so they tend to be paperback still. Although I do have indie author friends who write middle grade and and even children's books and and they do quite well. A lot of them sell at like book fairs and and events and things like that too. So there are ways to be indie if you're in one of those genres. It's just something to consider with how you're actually going to reach your target market. Right. Like if you're going to focus on a print sale as an indie author, that is a different business model than most indie authors um, have. And yeah. so it's going to take a lot of research and it's not impossible. Obviously, nothing's impossible, um, but it's just going to take a lot of research and and uh, and that kind of thing. And a lot of uh, legwork sometimes too. You got to be willing to be out there in front of people, you know, spending your weekends selling books. Um, it's right. a different, it's a very different model. Which brings me to one of our other points that we we make in the book. And that is, uh, you know, to assess, you have to assess your skills. If mm-hmm. you decide you want to be an, an independently published author, um, it there's a lot of pieces of that puzzle. It's a business. Yeah. And so you have to go, we have a, a, an assessment form yeah. Uh, somewhere. <laughs> we could actually we put it well, in the show notes. <laughs> we we can. In fact, uh, I will. I will make sure to do that. Um, no, so I actually pulled it up before we jumped on the call here just to kind of remind myself of what's in there. And it's funny because we call it the Indie Author Skills Assessment. Um, and it is primarily targeted for people who are considering going the indie route because it has a question, for example, on what technologies are you already familiar with and how much are you willing to learn as a part of this process to become familiar with new strategies or technologies? Um, But those questions, I think, still apply and it's still a good assessment, even if you're thinking about going more traditional or pursuing an agent or editor or uh, traditional publisher, because like, if you think about yourself and what you bring to the table, if if you're already, you know, very skilled with a computer and you, you know, know how to, um, or you're a cover designer yourself already, or graphic designer, or if you have, have skills, whatever your skills are, they might lead you to indie or they might lead you to traditional. If you're a very patient person who, who is willing to, you know, wait for an agent who wants that validation, if that's important to you, the validation of having a third party say, this book is good enough, um, then that's going to be a different skill set than somebody who's going to say, no, I'm going to make this the best I can. And I'm going to put it out there and let the reader decide. Like that's a different personality type. So going through those skills and assessing yourself and what you really want, no matter if you're doing indie or traditional, is really important toward deciding, you know, what, what you can do, what you're willing to do and what you're willing to learn how to do and what you're not willing to do. So I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. So say that I'm writing romance, which most agents are not looking for. And I'm also a brand new writer and I don't have a mailing list and I don't have a big social media platform. And I really don't have a lot um, to recommend myself to an agent, you know, maybe my book is good. Okay. So my, my book is good. It's well-written and I'm a good writer, but there's a million good writers out there. Right. So how, I, I don't really have what it takes to tempt a publisher, uh, an agent, big publisher, that kind of thing. Uh, 
And then I do the indie author assessment form and I find out like that I am like going to be just a disaster as an indie author with my particular skill set. I'm like, I don't have it. So my question for you, Megan Haskell, is should I go with a paid publisher? One of those kind that I just slip them a couple of grand and they do it all for me. So I have known people that have done that and they usually are not pleased with the end result. Um, because basically anything that those those vanity publishers that the the that you'd pay for them to completely do everything, right? They're going to charge you probably 10 times what it would cost to do it on your own. Even if you hired a consultant, which would actually be my stronger recommendation. There are plenty of author coaches, book coaches, book launch coaches out there these days that are very well respected, um, that know what they're doing. They've helped other authors go through the process and they will hold your hand to take you through the whole publication so that you can learn it so that you only have to use their service once, (laughs) basically. And it's still a lot cheaper than what you would do with a, a vanity press. Yes, but the vanity press promises that first of all that they have their press name on the book so it doesn't say you know independently published or self-published book it looks Mm -hmm. professional because it has their public publisher you know logo on it and they promise me that they're going to do all the marketing Megan yeah yeah Promises, promises. Okay. <laughs> no, um, yes. So, but the thing is, they're going to promise, they're going to put in their, that contract that they're going to send it out to their 100,000. They're going to tr- tweet it and retweet it 100,000 times. How many of those are bots, right? Like that's not a guarantee yeah. of sales, um, you know? And uh, so, yeah, they they promise to do all the marketing, but really what that comes down to is they might tweet it, they might put it up and, you know, take it to a, a book fair or something like that on their table with hundreds of thousands, or not hundreds of thousands, but hundreds of other books. Um, if they had hundreds of thousands of books, I'd be pretty impressed, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hundreds That'd be of a other lot books. of books to carry to a book fair. Yeah, yeah, it really yeah. would. Um, you know, and so so the vanity presses are they they there are lots of different types, first of all. Um they're the kind that, yeah, they say they'll put their their publisher name on your thing. Well, I have my own publishing company too, right? You get a DBA and you buy your own ISBNs. It's not that hard. You have to figure out a few details, but it's not that hard. You get your own, you create your own company to do this professionally. Um, and you take it one step at a time, ultimately. Um, and again, with an author coach or a, a vetted, legitimate a la carte service provider. So there are companies that will say, okay, we're going to help you create your cover, or we're going to help you with this specific aspect of the publishing process. We're not going to take the rights to the book. We're not going to publish it for you, but we're going to help you with this one small thing that you don't have the skills to do or, or, you know, whatever. Um, those companies as well can be legitimate and they can be helpful. But the key here is, especially if you're planning on writing and publishing more than one book, especially if you want to make this a career, if you want this to be a business or to be 
truly legitimate as an endeavor, um, either go through the agent and editor traditional process and take the time to do that and work on your book. If that's not going to work for whatever reason, go indie and learn it. Because if you learn it, then you don't have to keep paying people for unnecessary work. Um, and like I said, it, vanity presses in particular, 10 times often, um, if not yeah. more even than what you, what you'd have to spend on your own. And then there are some of those publishing houses too. They may not charge you a whole lot, but you got to read the, or maybe not even charge you, but then they end up requiring that you buy like 150 copies of your book or something mm -hmm. like that. So there's hidden costs in, in the contract. So, um, we do often recommend there's a website and I think it's from science fiction and fantasy, uh, uh, that writers, organization, CIFWA? science fiction, yeah, whatever. Fantasy writers of America. They have a writers beware, mm -hmm. uh, website and they vet a lot of these author services and, um, paid publishing houses. So, um, there is a big difference between a vanity press, mm -hmm. authors, legitimate author services companies, and a small or boutique press. Mm -hmm. And I think people get a lot of these confused because sometimes they call small boutique presses independent presses. Yeah. And they're independent because they're not one of the big five or big four or big three, however many. Whatever, whatever the number is today. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they are these humongous monopolies that just keep, keep buying out and eating smaller publishing houses. So now they have all these imprints. Mm -hmm. So if you were to get a book published with, say, um, Hachette, you know, they have a million little arms, you know, they have one for thriller and they have one for uh, romance and they have one for something else. So you're, you're in this big conglomerate. Um, smaller publishing houses can be just as legitimate and, and really great, but they, um, they're just not part of those big conglomerates. And if they only publish, you know, I think, I forget what the numbers are, but if they publish something like less than 50 uh, books a year, then they're in this kind of like boutique category. But the difference is they will not charge you. You pitch them like anybody else. Some of them, you have to have an agent uh, to pitch. Some of them, you will be open to author submissions at certain times of the year or at a specific conference or things like that. Um, but they don't charge you anything. They're a legitimate, regular publisher. You sign a contract with them. They cover the costs of producing your book and some marketing costs, although that's a whole nother topic. Authors are expected to market regardless of who publishes you these days. Um, and, uh, and you get a royalty. They own the rights to your book and you get a royalty. <clears throat> and that's a negotiable amount. Uh, depending on your contract. So that's the difference between a small press and say a vanity press or author services, usually vanity presses. And I know that's a, that's a loaded um, name and I hate to use it, but some of them are predatory and they really do prey on people who want to get a book published and want to feel legitimate. Uh, others, the, what we would call author services, they still charge you, but they're very upfront about it. And they're not promising you the world and they're, they're charging reasonable fees. 
not exorbitant fees. Mm-hmm. But and, neither of those and a lot will of take times, your rights. That's right. And that's what I want to finish by. Yeah. Yeah. So the well and but then actually with the with the vanity presses sometimes, like the the true predatory ones, right? Um they will take your rights in some cases. They will oh. say yeah, I, I've, I've at least I've heard. I mean, I don't know. You read your contract. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not a lawyer, uh, <laughs> but but in some cases, yeah, they're like, oh yeah, you you give us five thousand dollars, our name's going on the thing. We own the copyright. You you can't publish it yourself then for five or seven years or whatever the terms are. Um, so you do have to be careful about that. Um, the author services they don't take your rights. They simply charge you for whatever service is hiring them for. Um, And, you know, a lot of them do it a la carte. You can pick and choose the things you need help with um, and they'll help you get set up and get you going. Um, And that's an upfront cost. And so it becomes very clear what you're paying for and what you're actually getting and what they're taking or not taking and, and, you know, what, how that relationship works. Um, And then there's the author coaches who just walk you through the process. So they'll, they'll say, okay, um, you know, that maybe they're your editor too. Like a lot of author coaches are also editors, not always, but sometimes. So they might say, okay, uh, I'm going to edit your book. And then once you do that, now here's the next step. You've got to go find a cover designer. Here are some cover designers that I've worked for or worked with rather, um, or, you know, uh, some suggestions on where to find them. And then you check in and they'll walk you through step-by-step that process so that you can bring your book to publication and do it on your own. And by doing it that way, again, you're learning. And even if you're if you're doing the um, a la carte author services or author coaching, you're learning the process. With a vanity, you're not learning anything. You're just paying and then hoping that the book, that they actually deliver on what they're what they promise or what they're giving you. Yeah. And I and I honestly have only um looked closely at two different books that people I knew had published through some of, and I'm not going to mention names, but some of the real bigger um, vanity presses that are attached to legitimate presses, those seem to be the ones that really suck you. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I have to say the editing was really poor. I mean, they may not have typos and that kind of thing, but they, There was repetitive phrases used over and over and over again, story structure issues, places that things just dragged, things that a normal, a normal editor, the kind of editors that I've always worked with, uh, will point out to you and, and, and help you to fix or lead you toward fixing. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. um, Those vanity presses, what they, they proof, they don't copy edit. They don't developmental edit for sure. Um, they might proof, but they're, but they're basically saying, yeah, we're going to take this, you know, this manuscript that you have, whatever shape it's in, we'll make sure there are no typos, but we're not going to make any other changes. You've already promised that it's good enough. So we're just going to put it out there for you for this fee. Um, right. So, and honestly, in, in, in independent publishing. So, uh, for people out there who decide that they want to, um, do their own book and skip the the process of trying to find an agent or editor, or they don't think that they can get what for whatever reason they don't want to do that. They want to independently publish. Generally speaking, your biggest expense is your editor, mm-hmm. and 
you can get one heck of an editor for five grand usually who will do a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff for you. So think about that before you hire one of those author services too, because the level of editing you're getting is not worth that price. And especially, um, you know, depending on what type of a story or book that you're writing, pre-made covers, you can find a professionally designed cover that's a pre-made cover. Sometimes it, it would work for your book relatively inexpensively. You can find formatters on Fiverr or Readsy that will format your book, you know, again, relatively inexpensively. But an, an editor is a critical component and they vary in price a lot based on what they're actually going to do for you. So if you're paying thousands of dollars, but getting $150 worth of editing, you you know, you've really been ripped off. Because if you want to spend that kind of money on editing, find a really good editor. And that's a that and that is an education in itself. Yeah, to work with a really good editor. It's kind of painful education, but it's <laughs> there might be tears involved. <laughs> there will be tears involved if you're like me. But yeah. So yeah. All right. So any final thoughts here on what it takes to choose your path to publication? All I would say is listen to some. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to Joanna Penn's podcast. You listen to Lindsay Baroker's podcast. Um, there's a lot of good podcasts out there for writers that kind of go through the business aspects of, of publishing and um, learn the industry a little bit. And then you'll be better able to assess where you stand, what is, um, and what would be the best, best choice for you, you mm-hmm. know, really. Yeah. I think, I think that's key. I think, I think taking the time to do that, number one, and really listen and really think about it and really research and, and find experts that you trust. That's number one. But then number two, just take it one step at a time. Um, whether you're, you know, deciding to pursue an agent or whether you're deciding to go indie, it really doesn't matter. Both have a series of steps that you have to take in the process to go from unpublished manuscript that, you know, draft through to final published out the door, finished, ready for sale manuscript or book. Um, And it can feel really overwhelming. It's the whole reason we started (laughs) the author wheel, right? Like, right. Remember how much information we had to sift through and find and go through and, and all that stuff. But the key was always one step at a time. How do you eat a whale? One bite at a time. You'll get through it. You'll get get it done. Um, even if it takes you a little longer than you ideally would like, you'll learn the process and you won't feel as overwhelmed if you just look at that next step. Yes. Good advice, Megan. So anyway, I think that's it for today. Um, If you have questions, we're always happy to answer them. You can email us at info at authorwheel.com. And um, I think we are, we still have in our show notes are some freebies. So take a look there and we'll try to put that one in about the author assessment tool for you guys. And so until next time, keep your stories rolling. Are you an aspiring author? 
stop by www.authorwheel.com slash stuff to download the top five writing roadblocks aspiring authors must overcome. Thank you for listening to the Author Wheel Podcast, hosted by Greta Boris and Megan Haskell, edited by Jim Wilborn.